0: Are you done yelling at birds?
1: Happy 4th of July, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, the 4th of July is the the pivotal event in this movie. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's Christmas. Sometimes it's Groundhog Day.
0: That is true, yeah.
1: Uh, But for this one, it's 4th of July.
0: Not Halloween.
1: No, not Halloween for this scary flick. (laughs)
0: i i need my brain to work Ooh, that coffee's hitting weird break up there we go
1: you're breaking up with me no (laughs) no no happy fourth of
0: (laughs) mary chrysler
1: happy fourth of july everyone
0: Ooh, is that what you did last summer
1: the fourth of july yeah hell no this country is in flames (laughs) i'm not celebrating that but i did drink a lot uh hey babe yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched? I know what you did last summer.
0: You don't know what I did last summer.
1: I do. There's Instagram and Twitter. Fuck, that's And also, right. I was
0: there. Oh, yeah. My bad. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Right, we're talking about I Know What You Did Last Summer. The
1: nineteen ninety-seven American Slasher film.
0: Cha, alongside Scream kind of remade the slasher genre.
1: Yeah, definitely helped in revamping it. So that's what we're talking about today, babes. I'm Nicole.
0: I am Topher.
1: And we're the horror babes. And if you're new here, hello, welcome. Hi. So we're gonna follow the usual format today. Topher's gonna take us through who made this thing. We're gonna shout out the cast and crew, etc., and then I'm gonna take us through a uh, semi-short plot rundown, and then we'll do a further analysis of the film itself.
0: So that's gonna be a rough one.
1: Yes, take us away, Topher.
0: Uh, I will. I just gotta. uh, I gotta get it off my chest. This movie's really bad.
1: It is really bad.
0: It's a lot of fun, though. It's
1: really fun. It's not scary, though. I'll say that up top. No.
0: I, I was scared when I watched it as a kid, but it's not like... It's it, not scary. Not, yeah, not anymore.
1: No. Definitely yeah. not.
0: Um, I guess I should get into who made this.
1: Yes, and I'll try to stop being bossy.
0: Wow. <laughs> you?
1: Me, no way.
0: <laughs> so this movie was based on the novel by Lois Duncan of the same name. Uh, She was, she's kind of considered the person who really shaped young adult fiction, particularly in the horror genre. Interesting. Yeah, she wrote a bunch of, like, these sort of teen slasher horror books in the 60s and 70s. Actually, right up until her daughter died.
1: And this one is very, like, loosely based. Like, if you read the book, it might be a little unrecognizable. Yeah. but It's it's very loosely based. Exactly.
0: But it was adapted for the screen by... Mm -hmm. Kevin Williamson, who also wrote Scream. Yep. And created Dawson's Creek.
1: I'm resisting to sing the theme song right now. Let it go. You I can know do it. It's, you can sound sound really it's okay. Bad. No, it's too early in the morning.
0: It's two o'clock in the afternoon.
1: It's too early in the morning.
0: <laughs> he also wrote The Faculty, um, mm-hmm. which everybody keeps telling us to cover, and maybe we will, maybe we won't. I do love Donald Faison.
1: The movie's good. I've seen it. Topher has not. It's yeah. wonderful.
0: But yeah, so he we're back again with him. You know, we're doing a lot of repeats this month. Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson.
1: Yeah, well, it kind of comes with the territory of October, right? Like, I think that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, along with along with. Um, Along with us discovering new horror films during this month, um, because we watch a horror film every day, mm-hmm. um, specifically for this month, we prioritize that. I, I think for for the general public, it's a lot of revisiting. So, and the revisiting films are usually the most popular, which is right. Wes Craven and John Carpenter, and you know the the big guys. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
0: totally. It was just it was an interesting thing I noticed. You know, it's like that's all.
1: Yeah. We're just trying to be relatable. We're not trying to be so niche this month.
0: I'm niche as fuck. Yes. I have a (laughs) niche.
1: I married a moose. We don't need counseling.
0: Speaking of marrying a moose and not needing counseling, this movie stars Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie James, better known as Jennifer Love Pfefferman from (laughs) the Boy Meets World Scream parody episode.
1: Oh, man.
0: One of my favorite TV episodes of all time. Yeah. Hands down. Feffi, fantastic.
1: Yeah. If you want our thoughts Feffy! on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. If you want our thoughts on that one, you can go to, I'll direct you to our IGTV. Uh, we just dropped a Disney com special, and that's our honorable mention. So.
0: Yeah. We have Sarah Michelle Geller, freshly in her role as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. As Helen Shivers. Ryan Phillippe as Barry Cox. Freddie Prinze Jr., being the tallest person in this film, as Ray Bronson.
1: God, I've never met a Barry that I like.
0: Yeah, uh, I had an uncle named Barry who was pretty nice. Mm. He used to fly in the RAF.
1: I'm down with like the singers name Barry, like Barry Manilow, Barry White, but
0: like Mary Barry.
1: Well, yeah, but that's not the first name. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that there are any like teenage Berries that are good.
0: No, I mean, is, is Barry short for barreled?
1: Ew. Ew. I hope not.
0: (laughs) I was thinking Harry, Harold.
1: Barrison. Ah. (laughs) It's Barrison, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have Muse Watson as Benjamin Willis slash the fisherman with the hook. Mm Mm-hmm. The killer of the film. Yep. Bridget Wilson, who eventually married Pete Sampras. Oh. Nice catch. All right. He's very hot.
1: Wow, that's really punny.
0: As Elsa shivers, Helen's older sister. Anne Heche as Melissa Agan the uh, creepy sort of backwoodsy girl. Yep. And Johnny Galecki as Max. Who Otherwise known the same. from
1: Big Bang Theory and Roseanne.
0: Yeah, he was uh, He was dating the secret lesbian.
1: In the show, not yeah. in real life. Yeah, no. Yeah.
0: Um, so that's pretty much the, the core cast. We also had John Debney doing the music. Mm-hmm. He's done everything. He's got a list of credits a mile long, so I'm not going to dive into them.
1: Yeah, which, um, I mean, it makes sense. The, the music in this is really good.
0: It's pretty... Yeah, it was pretty good. I was not, not like, blown away by it, but it was solid. Like, it's a yeah. good horror score. You know, it does the job. Yeah. You would know him best from, like, Iron Man 2 or Passion of the Christ. Um, and he actually was in the music department on Greatest Showman as well. Nice. Cinematography was from Dennis Crossan, who is... Got a pretty small body of work for a cinematographer... Um, kind of hasn't done a lot, but it did, was the director of photography on Agent Cody Banks and Agent Cody Banks to Destination London. Wow. I have never seen those films, but I know what they are.
1: They're big time.
0: Big, big time. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it was directed by, I should have said this, it was directed by Scottish director Jim Gillespie, Mm -hmm. whose most recent big credit was Venom. Um, but that was 2005. He's kind of got a small body of work as well. This is one of those movies where it's kind of like, okay, it was kind of B, role, for everybody, but the actors, like, other than Kevin Williamson, everybody in this movie who worked on it is kind of like your B team, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's not to say anything negative about them. It's more that like, it didn't launch anyone's careers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On the
0: on the crew side. Right. Other than that, it was, a cash grab from Mandalay Entertainment and Columbia Pictures. It was released October 17th, 1997, $17 million budget, and made back 125 It worked. <laughs>
1: it worked. Yeah. I mean, coming off of Scream, I would believe that a lot of people would go and see this.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the whole idea of it was to completely capitalize on the success of Scream.
1: Totally. And I mean, it, it definitely feels like it was just like, I don't know, pulled out of everyone's ass a little bit. Um, just to follow Scream, like it felt like there was yeah. maybe some pressure, um, because it's n- definitely not as good as Scream. But the argument that I will make really quick is that like it, it this movie and Scream, um, pretty much primarily inspired the scary movies, all of that whole franchise. Yeah, especially so, the first
0: one. The first plot, the first one's plot is this plot
1: exactly, and it gave us a lot of like silly TV shows. It basically gave us a nationwide uh, inside joke everyone right. was saying even kids that i knew when i was god I, I don't even know how old i was when this movie came out i think i was like 6, six or 7 yeah. um yeah i guess i was 6 um i even had like you know kids in like my second grade class being like i know what you did last summer so right. like i even yeah. knew i even knew what this was before i was even old enough to watch anything like this
0: yeah i mean it was definitely one of those i've mentioned um james on this podcast before Teebs. he uh would always tell us spooky stories around halloween and this is definitely one of the ones that he told us yeah like i think i mentioned him on the uh the blair witch project episode Mm -hmm. because he would take he was you know older about 20 years older than we were yeah so he would he was obviously going to see these films as he loved horror And then he would bring the stories back to us because he knew basically retell exactly yeah and he knew that we couldn't go see them, so it was kind of like this weird gift you know of like this from this older guy who's in his late twenties early thirties and he's just trying to like be the cool counselor for the kids or whatever yeah and it was a bonding thing where he like gave us this gift of being able to know the stories that like our older siblings were watching or our older cousins were watching or whatever yeah but we couldn't because you know we're eight years old.
1: Exactly, and so
0: it was really cool of him to do that, and I appreciate it. Shout out to YouTubes.
1: Sweet. Does that conclude our who made this thing? It sure does. Great. Yeah. All right, then I'll dive right into plot. All right, so we are in Southport, North Carolina, on the Fourth of July in nineteen ninety-six. Just imagine it.
0: Bullshit. We were in PC. We were on the PCH. <laughs> I know. I
1: was again. I mean, I guess. They hadn't really gotten good at like the 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 taxes yet, you know. Like you can right. disguise they've they now know how to like disguise Atlanta. Yes, and <laughs> but like we haven't gotten there yet. It was um, just funny
0: because I was the first thing I said last night was like, "Oh, are they going to try and tell us this is Ohio too?"
1: Right, just like a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> like that, they are literally on the Santa Monica bridge thing.
0: Yeah, and this is literally. The one in California.
1: <laughs> Hilarious. Well, suspend your disbelief because this whole thing might be a dream anyway. We don't know.
0: Um, <laughs> we might be in a simulation. Who can say?
1: Exactly. So we've got some teenagers Julie James, Ray Bronson, Helen Shivers, and Barry Cox. They drive to the beach, basically. And this is right after Helen, who is played by um, Sarah Michelle Geller, has Buffy. just Buffy. Yes. Topher would like for us to refer to Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy and Jennifer Love Hewitt as Feffy. Yes. Just so that everyone is following along, I feel like it would be a disservice to not let you in. Um, (laughs) It would be very confusing. So, okay, so Buffy has just won the Croaker Queen. Miss
0: (laughs) Croaker. Which,
1: like, it's supposed to be a fishing pun, but I do also think that pun is intended.
0: Yes, oh like, absolutely.
1: And it's bad.
0: It's um, not good.
1: But anyway, so after this happens, they're on the high of like their friend like winning the pageant. So It's their last
0: summer before college.
1: Yeah, they all, you know, kind of kind of know what they're doing um, beyond this. So they all go to the beach and this beach they're the only ones on there, which I find really hard to believe because it's the 4th of July after a huge pageant that probably this small town kind of re- like revolves around yeah why are they the only ones on this beach i mean i get it it's their film and we're revolving around them and we have to suspend our disbelief mm-hmm. as viewers sometimes but i was like mm no so they they kind of mess around on the beach they cuz they're cuz they're um uh, Feffy and Freddie Prince Jr. are mm-hmm. together in this film, and then Barry and Buffy are together. So they're, you know, they go off on their own. They're kind of messing around, like just doing like kid stuff. They tell a scary story around the fire about, um, these teens who get like a hook in the side of their door and like have a yeah. car crash or something like that. I also should note the opening shot is probably the coolest shot in this, where they show like a teenager basically uh, standing on a cliff contemplating suicide. Yeah, he's and, got a beer
0: bottle and that cool necklace that spins.
1: Yeah, and you don't really know like what that is, but it's kind of a hint for what's you know gonna happen later. I didn't yeah. catch it the first time that I saw this. I was like, what.
0: It's a really pretty shot too.
1: It is, but I didn't or a know A series of shots. I kind of forgot about it and right. then I was like, wait, was that? And then I like put I put it all together. That happens. But you know, I forgot it because it's like a a 2 second shot.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs>
1: and so anyway, they they're leaving the beach while they're driving um along on the highway, they hit a pedestrian.
0: Oh, it should be made clear that they both, both couples have sex as well.
1: Oh yes, that sh- that actually is important. Um, in in any horror film, because you because of the uh, trope that if you have your virginity, you won't die. Right. None of them have that. So basically, they hit this pedestrian. They're fucking freaking out, but they're they're like, I hope it's you know, I think it's like a deer. I hope it's a deer, which then Julie finds a rain boat. Which yeah. deer don't wear rain boots? So then they know it's not a deer, <laughs> and they they're you know they're freaking out. Most of them kind of want to just like leave or like dump them in the in the water. But Julie's right. kind of the one who's like, "What? This guy is a family. Like we can't. My conscience. We can't do that. It's not not chill."
0: Well, and it's also it's important to note here that like Barry is rich as hell, and and
1: an alcoholic.
0: Supposedly, I mean, he's he's eighteen years old. I don't really think that he's an alcoholic yet, but eh, maybe sh- maybe not. But he's drunk that night. Yeah, and
1: sounds like it's a n- regular occurrence, though,
0: right? So it should be, yeah. So it should be noted that he's super rich, and he, they're like in his dad's Beamer, and Freddie Burns Jr. is driving because he's sober, but he's a poor kid. Like yes. he's trying to. He, they they make a big deal about the fact that he is broke, and the rest of them are not. Yes. Uh, that, like, he doesn't have a future like yes. they do. And he says yes. that specifically. He's like, Look, I, I, he said, that's his argument to Julie is like, Look, I can't do this. Like, I, can, I can't have this because I lose everything. Y'all will get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. I will lose everything and I will go to jail.
1: Exactly. So they decide, ulti- they ultimately decide to cover it up after Max kind of shows up and Barry pretends to puke and they're like, Nothing to see here. Yeah. And that's when we get that wonderful line of like, of like Freddie Prince Jr. walks up to him, to him in the car and it's like, eh, what can I do for you? And he's <laughs> like, you can, you can slap that my shit don't stink grin off of your face. <laughs> and we were like, whoa, <laughs> roasted. God. Um, Just, burn.
0: It's so weird. Because that's like kind of incongruous with the character, right? Like Freddie Prince Jr. is supposed to be the everyman in yeah. this. And he's just finished saying how he is not one of the rich kids. And yet here's Max being like, you're one of the rich kids. He's like, I'm like, no, that seems inconsistent.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there are a lot of if it were
0: Barry, it would make sense. Right.
1: Yeah. It's, It's just a
0: weird thing. Yeah
1: my my guess, and this is this is getting too heady about it, definitely, is that um they probably used to be friends, and then Freddie became friends with the popular right. kids, and Max is
0: angry i I would think that that's the case, yeah, because they both I'm end up think, both end up working at the docks,
1: but i i'm I'm putting more thought into this than the creators did, probably, so I'm gonna stop <laughs> um so. So they ultimately decide to dump the body in the water, and they never discuss what happens. We're never to tell anyone. We're never to talk about it. So then we're at a year later, 1997, where Julie returns home from college for the summer. And, you know, everyone's kind of gone their separate ways. Like, Buffy is wanting to go to New York to be an actor. God help her. And I think Freddie Prince Jr. stays and stays put and Barry fucks off to somewhere. He probably has a football scholarship. I don't remember. But they're all back in town because it's summer from wherever they were. And Julie gets a letter with no return address saying, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, we get the title. And Julie is like, Helen, we got to, we got to fucking talk. Or I guess Feffy says to Buffy, <laughs> we got to talk about this. Who who wrote this? And then they take it to Barry, who's like, no, it was, it was Max because he like saw us. He drove yeah. up and saw something.
0: And of course, the rich kid is like, oh, it was totally the poor kid who hates us.
1: Exactly. So then they confront Max and um, Barry threatens him with a hook, which is very apropos. Um, <laughs> Julie meets uh, or feffi Sorry. Feffi meets uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who now works as a fisherman. And and he he tries to like because they were, you know, together. He tries to yeah. kind of he, he 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 tries to make things right with her. And it doesn't really work. It's very <laughs> unsuccessful. And so later, Max, he is killed by some some person in a rain slicker, which is fisherman talk for, like, big coat.
0: Yeah. Um, he was wearing a slicker.
1: Yeah. And he has <laughs> a hook. So then uh, Barry is basically attacked by the same person. Yeah. Um, And then Feffi is doing her research because she's the brainy one
0: you can tell because she hasn't washed her hair
1: God that's so funny to me like like Buffy gives up her dreams Freddie Prince jr has to go work in a, a on a boat and then Barry is has moved back home and shit and and then basically Julie is still going to college but she's not washing her hair
0: it is a limp it's mess. very
1: greasy. Um, like you said, she always looks half dry. Yeah. So, Julie or Feffy pulls some newspaper articles, um, and these articles lead her to believe that um, it's the man that they killed is uh, David e- Egan, who is a yeah. local. And so, Helen or Buffy and Feffy meet with this guy's sister, Missy, who's played by Anne Hache. Anne Heche. And so they find her at her home. And of course, she's a little off, a little creepy.
0: <laughs> they actually shot her scenes in two days because she only has two scenes. Yeah,
1: I was about to say, I'm sure that that was probably a pretty tight.
0: And basically, her only direction was be spooky.
1: Yeah. And job well done. <laughs> Round of applause. Because um, it's really spooky. Uh, so Missy is is explaining that everyone is devastated by David's death and that a friend of David's, Billy Blue, had visited her to pay his respects. Mm -hmm. And then cut to that night, um, the mysterious killer uh, gets to Buffy's house, cuts off her hair while she sleeps, and then writes, soon, in lipstick on her vanity mirror. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the night before, um, the Croker thing. The pageant, the pageant and the parade, and everything. It's a, the Fourth
0: of July. Yeah, it, we're on the third of July now.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's the night before it's supposed to happen, and she has to go and like be on the float. She has kind of no choice because we all know with pageants. Like, I mean, I I went. I lived in Oklahoma for four years. I'm really accustomed to pageant uh, culture now. Um, <laughs> I thought about doing one because you can make a hell of a lot of money. But honestly, it would kind of be like um, April Ludgate doing it in Parks and Rec, that one episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up not doing it. So basically, the reigning queen has to pass off the crown. Like, it's tradition. It's the
0: passing of the torch, yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, she has to be there. But all of her hair is cut off. But then we get, like, a cute little long bob moment. Like she is. Gets I to like a it hair- a lot. She gets to a hairdresser somehow. It honestly looks more kept. So... The following morning, Julie finds Max's corpse, basically wearing Barry's jacket that Barry cannot find, um, in the trunk of her car. And it's it's probably the only shocking moment just because there are, like, crabs and stuff. Yeah, he's in stuff. ice and
0: crabs. and
1: Stuff is, like, coming out of his mouth, like, all of this stuff.
0: It's a dope shot. I like this one a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. This one's, like I said, like, one of the only, probably the only, like, shocking moments in this. Um, and then I always laugh at the, the moment where, where the only time we see Julie's mother and she comes in, asks her like if she's on drugs or something. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe she is. Have you seen those bangs? Fix those (laughs) bangs, girl. (laughs) What? Oh,
0: Feffy, get your hair right. Get
1: your hair Right. But no, she stopped washing it. That's her characteristic. Um, so that <laughs> was chosen by someone. That was chosen by someone. So anyway, Julie finds Max corpse um, and with it and it's really freaky. And then she calls the others, and by the time they get there, in true horror fashion, the body's gone. Yeah. Including all no the crabs traits. and ice. Yeah. I was like, Wow. Did that fast. This guy is a pro. <laughs> he um, was
0: he's practiced this. He
1: has practiced it, his little Houdini act. <laughs> and so Feffy, Buffy, and Barry go and find Ray, which it's not hard. We know where he works. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they confront him about what's happened. They're like, You work on the boat, bro. So, um, Ray's like, No, I got a letter too and and everyone's like, wait, so I got a dead body in my trunk. I got my hair cut off. I got like all these things and you hit got... By car. Hit by a car. I got hit by a car and you got a fucking letter. <laughs> Seems a little disproportionate. So. Yeah. So, Feffy decides to go back to meet Missy. Which we get her even scarier because she's like butchering some fucking turkeys or something. Oh yeah. Um. And so she has a knife and she's like, "What are you doing here?" She's
0: covered in blood. Covered <laughs> in blood.
1: It's great. So Barry and Buffy have have this plan while Julie goes to meet with Missy because um, they have to go to the parade. Barry and Buffy have this <laughs> um, have this plan that during the parade uh Barry is kind of going to kind of be on standby and yeah. since Buffy can see all because she's high up on a float and probably on the highest float because she is the reigning uh Croaker she's Queen. She's the Queen. Yes. Um and she's wearing this like amazing like I love her dress and these it's very like Statue final of Liberty. Scenes. Yeah, it is. Um it's got like, you know, bejeweled um straps and it's kind of got the cowl neck Yeah, and it's emerald green it's it's actually really cute i'm into it um i'd wear it i'd totally wear it but anyway so she's probably super high up so she can kind of see everything and she does see something she's but also the people of the town a lot of them are fishermen and so a lot of them are wearing slickers with hooks which i'm like it is 95 degrees probably in, yeah, th- on you <laughs> In know Southport,
0: North Carolina. Yeah. yeah,
1: and humid and nasty. So it's kind of silly that they're all wearing their like full fisherman gear, right? Um, But I think it, you know, it obviously plays into like what who who done it uh, sort of thing. So we kind of have like a, a a mini chase scene here where Barry uh, tackles this guy, and then it ends up just being this very very old man. Yeah, and
0: he's super scared. He's like, what he's the very fuck? scared.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would be too. Like, what the hell? Best actor um, in the film, for sure. And so, uh, meanwhile, Missy says to feffi that uh, David had had committed suicide um, out of the guilt for the death. Out of, oh my God. Out of guilt for the death of his girlfriend Susie in a car accident. And this is when Missy shows Feffy the suicide note. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's that's not a suicide note. That's a threat. All right. so then we are at the Croaker Beauty pageant uh, with with uh, Buffy and Barry. And Buffy is on stage watching this thirty five probably year old queen singing fame. Oh, yeah. She's supposed to be a teenager, (laughs) but this bitch is clearly 35. Oh, my God. She's just, like, singing fame, doing her best, but then...
0: (laughs) It's not good.
1: Oh, God, it is. Flat city. Um, And then Helen... sees that Barry is being attacked and murdered on the in the balcony. Right. And we get this scene of just like she leaps off the stage, she runs up the aisle and these fucking audience members like stop her. It's
0: so weird. What a weird weird choice to make.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like Mind your own business, and also she could be what she can see a lot more than you guys can because yeah. you're looking at the stage; she's looking at all of you.
0: But the thing is, she's a very hot lady, and they don't know what they're doing, babe.
1: Oh my god, it's so weird. I, like,
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the most I could come up with for that explanation. But I'm just so she's like,
1: hysterical. Stop her! I'm like it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Such a
0: strange, strange choice. It's like, to make. who are
1: you guys? So then the police come in and they take Buffy upstairs to the balcony and they walk around. And of course, the Houdini Act, again, they're gone. But there is like blood on the kind of like the railing, the banister thing. Yeah. And the cop obviously doesn't see it. And he's like, okay can we go downstairs now? And it's just like, you are so useless. And so then a police officer um, takes Buffy home. And but then uh, the killer... (laughs) No pun. Well, actually, all the puns intended. Lures him
0: into an
1: alley and kills him.
0: Which is so funny because the one thing that makes him want to cut through the alley is a simple one single barricade.
1: It's so stupid. It's just a sawhorse. Also, like, you're a cop. I've literally seen so many of you just turn on your fucking sirens just so you can get through a light. And then you turn it off. Yeah. Like...
0: There was that time I was over by your old place and I was walking to the liquor store and a cop just guns it through the, re- through the red light with yeah. their lights on and then slams on their brakes in front of the subway. Yeah. And not the train the subway, the sandwich shop the subway.
1: Which, why do those exist in New York? I think it's so stupid. It's just for tourists. Anyway, um, so Buffy flees to the store. We actually get like a really good, I actually really like this chase This scene. is a good chase sequence. Um, and I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar is very good. She's a great scream queen.
0: Oh, she's amazing. She's my favorite part of this movie.
1: Yeah, going back to our theme, this is the reason why we chose this film is because she is an awesome scream queen.
0: And so is... uh uh, Feffy.
1: yeah yeah we kind of have two here um but buffy gets the really cool chase scene yes so she runs to the store that she was you know supposed to work her sister is kind of a bitch by the way Yeah, her sister
0: sucks
1: she's like oh your hair you're pathetic you're so pathetic you have to come like work in this store with me and um, i don't
0: know it's like bitch you work here
1: yeah it's so (laughs) stupid it's so stupid but um so she's like banging on the on the uh, front door, being like Elsa, Elsa, and then she's like open the door, and Elsa's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh like all these things, and then she like walks towards the door, and she's like, oh, the keys, and she and, she, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm getting, I'm gonna get killed, and then uh, finally Elsa gets Buffy inside, and she's like, go lock the other door. I'm gonna go upstairs and call the police, yeah. which. We already know what the police are going to do. I don't know why we're trying again. (laughs) Yeah, Buffy's Um, like,
0: Do you want to get murdered? Exactly. Do you want a hook in your face? (laughs) I know that you really do, because all you do is bitch around the space.
1: (laughs) That was good. That was some good improv. I liked it.
0: It's like literally the only thing I'm good at.
1: Oh, goodness. So... The killer, of course, has entered the store. That's and it's why we do hiding under
0: this plastic sheet and pretending yeah. to be a mannequin.
1: Yes, um, and then ultimately murders Elsa.
0: Did you know originally they didn't? Uh, uh, Gillespie didn't want blood in the movie.
1: Yeah, I, I heard so that fucking it was. Weird. I heard that it would They wanted uh, everything to be like implied gore.
0: Yeah, which uh, you're making a slasher, dude. Just yeah, it doesn't do mix. The gore. It's yeah. already going to be rated R. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was so weird. It was such a weird choice to me because he wanted, he didn't want to do any uh, on screen or in camera blood. Yeah. And thank God for Eric Fagg, who was like, no, dude, you've got to, You. this is not, like she's getting her throat slashed. Yeah. Blood's coming out. That's a jugular.
1: Yep. It's- yeah. It's
0: real, a lot of pressure built up behind that. So it's going to go squirt.
1: Yeah. That's just one of those things. You can't really do a slasher without it. Um- yeah.
0: It, it just, just just a weird choice. I, it seems like sort of like like it he a thought he was movie. doing. Yeah. Well, and it's like he thinks he's doing higher art by not doing gore.
1: I'm like, bro, read the room. You're you're doing like basically a scream knockoff, even though it's the same.
0: It's literally writer. a scream knockoff.
1: Um. So. So anyway, um, Buffy is uh, chased to the third floor of mm-hmm. this building and jumps out a window. And falls to a...
0: Respect for the yeet.
1: Yeah, she's just like, bye, gotta go. You gotta do what you gotta do when you're being chased, when your mm-hmm. life is at stake. That's why she runs so fast in those heels, I'm telling you, it's adrenaline.
0: Well, she eventually kicks them off, too.
1: Which, yeah, it's a lot of glass, though. It wasn't exactly smart. No. Um, but anyway... So she escapes and uh, is in, like, a long alleyway. She's running towards the street, um, but the killer eventually stops her and slashes her to death. Um, mm-hmm. but, but nobody can hear her screams because of the parade. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so our intellect, Julie, a.k.a. Feffy.
0: <laughs> the brains of the operation. The brains
1: of the entire movie. Um you
0: know she's smart because her hair is bad.
1: Exactly. She does. She's too busy reading. She can't wash it. <laughs> um,
0: oh, one of the dumbest 90s tropes. So anyway. So
1: stupid. Um, she discovers an article that mentions Susie's father, Ben Willis, and then very quickly realizes that Ben was the man that they ran over. And this is moments after he killed David to avenge his daughter.
0: I don't, like, it's so strange to me that she's, like, the the leaps of logic that she takes.
1: In, like, two seconds. Yeah. She's like, huh, 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 I gotta go. Um, I figured it all out. <laughs> oh, my God. I am a detective. Light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. And so, Feffy runs to the docks to tell Ray, but Ray's like, nah, bitch, you crazy. And Julie sees that Ray's boat is called Billy Blue. <gasps> and she's like, oh, my God, you're in cahoots.
0: Such cahoots.
1: And the fisherman.
0: Well, it's were- funny, too, because he's like, he's like, no, no, I can explain as if he knows any like she hasn't told him any of this information. Yeah, because she doesn't even say Billy Blue out loud. It's just a shot. And he sees what she's looking at. And like, I guess it's supposed to be implied that she filled him in on stuff. But we don't see them together. Like he's just working as a fisherman and she's off playing detective. And so like.
1: And they're like pissed at each other.
0: Yeah. So like, where is I? it's just a. it's another it's a plot hole. It's fine. It's fine.
1: So then a, there are a lot in, in this. Yeah. Um, and then a fisherman steps out of the shadows and knocks Ray unconscious and says, "And says, Hey, uh, Feffy, you can hide on on, on this boat, mm-hmm. which, no. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Big strange men in the middle of the night no, who supposedly you. save me. And they're like, you want to come on my boat?
1: I definitely don't, sir. I will find any <laughs> other option. There are
0: a lot of exits from this. It's a dock. <laughs>
1: adios. Peace. Goodbye. I can swim. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will swim before I get on your boat. Um, so she, but she decides to get on the boat um, and she finds kind of, it looks like a shrine. Well, it's sort because, of like that crazy
0: person room, right?
1: Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I always call those like shrines because it's like, you know, there, there are all these pictures and articles and everything right. of the people that they've killed up on like a cork board or on a wall. Yeah, I always whatever. think of
0: it as the red string room. Right. Yeah.
1: Same Same thing.
0: Yeah. We just have to names for it. I just didn't know you called them shrines. I call them red string rooms. Yeah. Nice.
1: Learning something new.
0: Oh, it's so nice that we can still learn things about each other.
1: Even 84 years in. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Who? They want you to take the rolls.
1: You deaf motherfucker. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. We have to cut all that. That was stupid. It was fun. mm it was Stupid though. No, um, I'm stupid. Me too.
0: No, you're not. Okay.
1: So Feffy finds the shrine that you call the the red,
0: red string Red room.
1: string room, which is cute. I like that you call it that. So it's all these articles and and photos are of and about her friends and her. And then there's there are also photos of Susie. Um, The boat leaves the docks, um, and the fisherman is uh, revealed to be Ben Willis, who starts tormenting, like
0: chasing her around the boat and like screaming at her and like monologuing a bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then we get this is the second scene that actually is kind of like Mm cool-ish is when, um, she's kind of wading through the, like, ice, and she, her hands keep kind of, like, touching, and she uncovers Helen, aka Buffy's, uh, body, and then, like, Barry's body in the boat's ice box. Yeah. And, um, that this is when Ray, um, wakes up and steals a motorboat to try and go rescue Feffy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And then we This get, is also
0: where we get a lot of good screaming from Feffy.
1: We do. This is kind of her her scream queen Like every moment.
0: 3 seconds she she screams. She's just like because
1: ah, ah, she ah, keeps uncovering her best friends' bodies.
0: Yeah, and then like being surprised by Mr. Hookhand.
1: Yes. So um in the end Ray uses like the the rigging on the boat. Um, and severs Ben's hand and sends him overboard. Like fucking yeah. Peter Pan Prince Jr. over here. <laughs> it's like swinging on the fucking ropes. And well, then...
0: It's so funny, too, because he is winning the fight. Yeah. And then she screams, Ray, And it's <laughs> like, why would you do that? Don't distract me. Let me do my thing.
1: Which also, also the thing... Yeah, yeah, because if the second he looks away he's gonna have a hook in his neck. Exactly. Um so that was not not smart, Feffy. But so so then eventually Ben goes overboard, which here's another huge plot hole here the water didn't affect him in the first place. He was still fucking alive. After being hit by a car. And then got dunked and, you know, sunk into the water and then was still fucking alive. So what makes you think that after he just, like... I mean, I guess he's losing more blood here, but still. Like, what makes you think... But he you would have think, had
0: internal bleeding the first time. That's even worse. Yeah, that's quicker. That's you a think a quicker it's where the death. blood is supposed to be.
1: But not if that shit leaks into your lungs. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Like, w- w- how... Huh?
0: There's, (laughs) um, it's also, do you think he's not a fisher man, but really a fish man?
1: See, that's the thing here. I think that maybe. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's plausible, I think you're onto something here because, yeah, he survives just like chilling in the water. Super
0: stormy water.
1: And then what we get in the end implies that he also survives.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: I think this guy is a fish man.
0: And he's hiding out in the shower.
1: Yeah, exactly. He needs to be wet. He needs to be wet. Those gills. Yep. Um, so then Feffy and Ray are, you know, obviously questioned by the police who didn't do shit. Um, <laughs> and they deny knowing, like, why, like, Ben's motive. They, they deny all of that because that could, you know, send that them to Im- the slammer. Yeah. So they're relieved to not have, like, actually killed someone because Ben is alive
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and they kind of are like, oh, we can be buddies now. Yeah. And they get
0: back together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then again, a year later in 1998, Ju- uh, Julie, a.k.a. Feffy is in college. She's in Boston. She goes into the shower, which, of course, here's the thing you guys need to know about any sort of like locker room. Or like shower, showering facility. If you're in there alone, you're gonna fucking die. You can't, you can't find peace in a locker room. And if you do, you should get out of there. <laughs> That's horror logic.
0: She's also on a cell phone in the shower in 1998, telling Freddie Prince Jr. that he needs to come ravage her.
1: Ooh, <laughs> sexy. Um, Sorry,
0: I just I the. The writing is very silly.
1: But then she notices the words, I still know, on the mirror. And then moments after, a dark figure crashes through, and Feffi screams in horror, getting our final Scream Queen moment of this movie, and scene, and credits, I know what you did last summer. Boom. And then we get, I still know what you did last summer, and then we, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. This movie is good fun, though. Like, it is not scary. It is not a good movie. But if you're trying to, like, live your 90s nostalgic life and watch Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prinze Jr., which they're so cute, I think they're still married. I don't know. I think so, yeah. But if you're trying to get, like, all of that and just have a good time, then go for it. If you're trying to watch, like, a very, like, a well-put-together horror film and wanting and desiring to feel scared don't put this one on basically
0: yeah i mean it's a romp you know Yeah, it's a lot of fun uh it is not good but it is yeah it's exactly that it's 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 another 90s teen movie Mm -hmm. you know it's funny it's (sighs) kevin williamson so self-plagiarized himself
1: yeah well he likes to steal from himself that's like a thing
0: yeah because he did end up going on to write the rest of the Scream franchise yeah. for most of it, at least. But it, this one is, it came, it comes out a year after Scream. Mm-hmm. It is the same thing. And right around that bad.
1: And right around the same time that Scream two came out.
0: Yeah. Scream two was the next year. So he, the, the what I mean with the self plagiarizing, the specific thing I'm talking about is the constant misdirect of who the killer is. He's yeah. just reusing that from Scream. Because that's yeah. one of the points of Scream. That's what makes it so fun is that you keep getting pointed to people who are the killer, but you don't know who the killer is.
1: Well, and I... It doesn't
0: work in this one. Like, well, and
1: I kind of hate that it's some random person.
0: Yeah. Like
1: they made sense of it, but the thing that's so fun about Scream is the whole um, dynamic of the killers have been in on it all along or they've been in yeah. the house. Like the killers are the people who are closest to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that shock value is something that this movie doesn't really have. It's like it reveals who the killer is and then it tries to explain itself. Yeah. And you're just like, Okay, we didn't care about this guy. Because in Scream, you also kind of get the. Um, you don't like either of the characters who end up being the killer in Scream. You don't like them. No, like, they're, they're not annoying. likeable people. Yeah. They're kind of shitty people, but you know them. We don't know this guy. We don't have any feeling about him either way. So when we find out that he's the killer, we're just like, okay. Yeah. Because it doesn't set itself up as. Okay, it, it sets itself up as Scream which yes. we know what happens in that with the killers. And so it's not, but it doesn't set itself up as like a Halloween situation where we're like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And then it's someone we don't even like, we can't even fathom who this person is. Right. It sets itself up as scream. And then it tries to give us like a Halloween twist. And, but that doesn't work because you have to pick one or the other.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It can't be both. And, it it's just so frustrating. Actually, I got that wrong earlier. Uh, Scream Two was nineteen ninety seven, but whatever.
1: I think it came out like right after this one.
0: Yeah, they were they were competing against each other, and Kevin Williamson was just raking in the money.
1: Exactly. And yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: it, it's it's just a it's a frustratingly written movie. The characters don't really make sense. Uh, there's plot holes left and right, and again, the Mister X don't work because we see how big the killer is. We know it's not Johnny Galecki. Yeah, and we know it's not Ray. Like we, it's not Max, it's not Ray, it's clear that it's neither of them, and it's so obviously being pointed to them.
1: Yeah, that is another thing because you know I'm Nicole. Don't show the monster hood. Um, like th- this movie would have benefited from us maybe only seeing the hook.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and not seeing, seeing the size the of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah it's just it's very silly. It's very schlocky. It's clearly a cash tr- cash grab exactly. like it's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, you really, really just didn't try. And they yeah. shot for ten weeks. And this is the best they could do.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the shots aren't especially inspired aside from, like, the opening. Like, in in the opening, you think, like, oh, my God, this movie's going to be so dope. This movie... Yeah, it's
0: really pretty to start off with. Because it's,
1: like, it's reminiscent of, um, like, the craft. Like, the craft opens in yeah. a very similar way. And, you know, and everyone loves the craft. I don't know a single person who doesn't. So, I don't know. It kind of sets you up for, like, oh, let's fucking go. And then it kind of unravels. Very slowly, but it unravels in like a weird yeah, plot-holy way.
0: Yeah, I it just I find this movie very frustrating when I start poking into it. Like when I just watch this movie, I love it. Yeah. When I start digging into it, I hate it. It makes me so angry because it's just like, God damn it! You could have tried. I know you were doing a cash grab. Yeah. But you had ten weeks of principal photography. That's a long shoot. It's a yeah. really long shoot. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why you couldn't have done anything better. Like, it's just not good.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, we either have to, um, for it to be shocking who the killer is, we have to know them personally, and you have to have that kind of creepy thing of, like, they've been inside my brain and emotions and all of this yeah. this whole time, and then there's, like, the psychological, you know, fuckery of that. Or it has to just be some outside guy. You can't play with people by doing a whodunit, and then it just be some random guy.
0: Yeah, and it's it's frustrating to me that it's a letdown. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's it's the the uh, uh, fuck. What's the word for um, inciting action? Sorry, it's frustrating to me that the inciting action of the movie, like the thing that they did last summer, which is hit this old dude and dump his body in the water,
1: didn't even kill him.
0: Well, and it's it's it was just random. That's what yeah. we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like that's it, it's so frustrating because it's like the, he did something wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. By hitting him.
1: Yeah. It was an accident.
0: And the only re, like the biggest reason that they don't call the cops about it and like report the accident is because Barry spills rum all over the car.
1: Yeah, because they think they're going to go in for, you know, drunk driving and then and then manslaughter. And, then manslaughter. Yeah. Um,
0: and, yeah, that's something to be worried about. But you, you could have also just left him by the side of the road. Like, you didn't have to do shit. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's really, really annoying. And I, I don't know, like, he should, he deserved to die, right? Yeah. He committed murder. Yeah. And the only reason they hit him is because he's crossing the street after committing a murder, crossing the highway after committing a murder. And so I'm just, I'm so confused about why they're being punished. Yeah. Even the dumping his body in the water. Like, so we didn't mention earlier, but he, we see him survive in the water because he he wakes up and grabs Julie's crown. Not Julie's crown. He grabs Buffy's crown. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and then that's when, uh, Barry dives in to go grab it, and so that's kind of like it's. There's just a lot of things that are really weird in this movie. There's just a lot of decisions that don't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I. That's my least favorite type of writing. It's like try, just try to make sense. It's also. Do, it's, it's not just, hard.
1: It's just in general a very lazy plot development.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and I also, I also want to put out there in the universe that. This movie would not be made today because everyone knows what everyone did yesterday, a week ago, a summer ago, because we all have have Instagram and Twitter and the like, you know, we have we have all of these things. And so, yeah. Everyone knows everyone knows that I went to the beach this summer once and everyone knows where I got my swimsuit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, absolutely. everyone 100%. knows yeah. everything about everyone. So if someone wrote, I know what you did last summer, I'd be like, Okay. Great.
0: So do you're, I. So does everyone else. Yep. You
1: follow me on Instagram. Sweet. <laughs> tight. So it's just kind of funny that because um, I talk about technology in horror films and how we kind of have to pivot sometimes, you yes. know, just like uh, if, if we're setting things in the present day we have to pivot quite a bit mm-hmm. and um, especially with uh, 5G and like all the, like it, not having service is slowly becoming not a, um, n- not a uh, device, you know, right, Yeah. because we have really great service these days and it's only getting better mm-hmm. with the more, you know, cell phone towers that are going up <laughs> everywhere every day. And also just the, Um, technology of like find my iPhone and like all All sorts of
0: tracking yeah so
1: I mean we can obviously like I've said in previous episodes um, we can we can always find a way like we're all creative humans and we can find a way to pivot around that and also use it Mm -hmm. Um, we can use it to our advantage and make it even creepier Um, but anyway just all of that said, there's no way this movie could have even been remotely made. <laughs>
0: no, not even close. Present no. day. Yeah. Um, other things that really bothered me about this. <laughs> it feels like they were very, very timid about the way they shot it. Yeah. By that, I mean. Oh, sorry. Ankle's hurting. <clears throat> So by that I mean there were we talked about not about Gillespie not wanting to have on-screen blood. Yes. Ridiculous. Completely. And it feels cowardly.
1: It does cuz like you said you're already going to get the R rating. You're not it, you're not trying to get more people to be able to watch it.
0: Yeah. There's also he didn't want Max to die for some reason. He wanted to keep him in the plot longer, maybe, but they needed a death earlier in the sequence to, to like, establish a baseline of scariness. Yes. But, like, Max survives to the end in the original cut. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, why? So why is he there? Like, literally, he's just there to be killed. So that I find very strange. There's a better version of this ending. The original one was that uh, Julie just gets an email. Yeah. Which is like, okay, that's dumb. But... I hate that they have supposedly been crashing through the shower. Like, it's scarier to just have it written, I still know, on the shower door.
1: I agree. The choices made in this are just kind of like, meh.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's everything about this film just gets so bogged down in... And I I can't figure out what it is. Is it laziness? Is it...
1: It's almost like... It's almost like I, I feel like that last scene is just a little bit of a misfire because I think, honestly, they were trying to take from um, A Nightmare on Elm Street, that final scene where yes. Freddie comes through the window 100%. and grabs um, Nancy's mother. Mm-hmm. But I i wholeheartedly agree with you. It would have been a lot freakier if it just was written on the mirror. Yeah. Because that it, it portrays the same thing. Knowing that this uh, fisherman is still alive, fishman, fishman. Yes, you're right. I think I think that's totally true. <laughs> fishman, knowing that he's like still alive, so I think that it, yeah, you would convey the same thing no matter what. And they decided to double down and do both, which I think was just kind of sloppy.
0: Yeah, it, it's again. I think they kept trying to play both both hands or play a you know play cards on two hands, and they're betting against themselves every single yeah. time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Every every decision made in this that's not the music just feels like they're trying to play both sides and they only end up fucking themselves over. Agreed. You know, it's it's little finger. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they little yeah. finger themselves. Totally. Ew. Totally. I
0: didn't mean to say it like that. Oh well, staying in.
1: <laughs> I just got it. Wow. It went over my head.
0: Uh, yeah. That's um, gross. Um <laughs> I'm keeping it. It's my baby.
1: It's your baby. Um,
0: yeah, it's just, it. Th- this movie's so frustrating for its, I think, and I want to call it cowardice, right? I think these yeah. are just cowardly moves. They don't make a decision. They don't stand on a decision. They just try to do everything, and then that means everything sucks.
1: I agree. I agree. Like,
0: pick a stance. Make a choice. You're Yeah, the movie was wildly successful, so I'm clearly the one who's wrong here but fuck off man just like make a good movie i know you're capable you made scream scream is a fantastic movie you know what scream does chooses a stance and goes with it
1: well yeah i mean as much as as much as i am analyzing this movie I will definitely watch it again. If I have the choice of Scream over this, I'll watch Scream. Yeah, but, but maybe I've just
0: watched Scream and I want another and I want a different kind of romp. Yeah, I'll watch this. It's, it's fun. fun.
1: It's fun. It's fun. We're not we're not um, trying to just like directly shit on it, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. Objectively, it, it is not good.
0: Well, there's uh, it's the opposite of what we had with The Changeling, right? Yeah. Where we're like, The Changeling's kind of boring. But the more we dug into it, the more we loved it. This and is, yeah, this is this the opposite. opposite. If yeah. you
1: start to pick it apart, it really falls apart. Yeah, so you pull a
0: single string and the whole thing unraveled. unravels.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I certainly agree.
0: And there's, you know, I could go into how the cinematography, it minus a couple of really cool shots, is pretty fucking lazy. Um, it's one of the better things about this film, but it, it is still fairly lazy shooting. Um, it's
1: also even lazy in our, like, character development. Yeah,
0: um, there isn't any.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I'm happy that we know, like, a little bit about the characters, but also, like, guys, can we... <laughs> it's it's just so funny that they try to disguise Jennifer Love Hewitt as, like, unsightly, or not even unsightly, but, like, homely.
0: Yeah, plain.
1: When, yeah, plain, when she's n- none of these Fucking things. Fucking stunning. Yeah, even with her half-wet hair the whole time, she's yeah. still beautiful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just...
0: I'm still just so attracted to Sarah Michelle Gellar. I've had a crush on her since the 90s, and it will never go away. She is I so think you and
1: I think you and a lot of people feel yeah. that way. And I think that... I don't know. I do actually kind of like her character in this because, yeah, it's a little, like... It's a little predictable.
0: Yeah, Of but, course, yeah. It's flat, but...
1: But in the... It's
0: flatter than Julie's hair.
1: Yeah, it's flatter than Julie's hair for sure. But, like... I don't know. I don't. I don't hate how they. I don't completely hate how they wrote her. No,
0: it, I think she's pretty. Like she's pretty independent. She's yeah. pissed. She's sad, but she's kind of given up on things. But I. She still tries. She's still active. She still yeah. has a certain amount of agency. Like the plan is hers involving yeah. the float and the the uh, state. Uh, involving the the plan involving the float and then the, the pageant. pageant is hers. Yeah, She actively tries to do things. She's trying to go save Barry, not the other way around. So, yeah, I, yeah she has agency. The women have agency in this film, for sure.
1: Yeah, my only disappointment, really, is the um, is the trying to cover up that Jennifer Love Hewitt is a bombshell. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> just by giving her like some sort of greasy hair, I'm like, what? That's why I love um, that movie, uh, She's All That, that you know it, it basically just makes fun of that they're like they take um uh rachel lee cook's um glasses off and then she's fucking hot well
0: that was playing it straight it's not another teen movie where they they send it up. oh
1: that's right oh my god yeah, I get my... she's all
0: that uh played it straight that's also freddie prince jr
1: it is yeah he's the one he's the asshole in that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um no you're oh my god you're so right
0: because not another teen movie actually weirdly holds up
1: I haven't seen that's it. That's hard a while. for
0: comedy. I watched it a couple of years ago, and I was shocked that it was still funny and not. Oh nearly yeah, that's as right.
1: Because we in in she's all that we get yeah the straight play of her walking down the stairs to sixpence on the richer. But then in not another teen movie, the stairs collapse. Yeah. <laughs> that's right I, for, I I get those confused sometimes because she's all that feels like a sub parody sort of like yeah. it's definitely commenting on it but it's not but then uh, um, not another teen movie takes it to the next level and is in your face parody and also
0: Chris Evans is amazing in it
1: yeah I need to see it again I'll watch it it's a know. lot of fun I'll watch it once October's over because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stacked with things to watch <laughs> um,
0: and you're pretty stacked thank you <laughs> um, I also i the the choice of Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prinze Jr. I get it, but ugh.
1: Yeah, Ryan th-
0: Phillippe's not a good actor.
1: It, neither of them are amazing. Like it's it's pretty flat
0: to me. Freddie Prinze can do no wrong. Really, I, I love him, and I have a lot of sympathy for him. Um, his dad was Freddie Prinze, who was like this major big deal actor comedian uh-huh. in the seventies. But when Prince, like, a year after Freddie was born, like, he was a year old or something like that, his dad killed himself. Oh, shit. It was a big deal. Uh, So they, like, his mom just, like, was like, nope, 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 we are leaving. And so he decided to get into acting in his teens. And his grandfather told him he needed to fix what his father had fucked up.
1: Oh, damn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he had all of this pressure. He is, you know, not the best actor in the world, but I like him and I feel a certain amount of pity for him, you know.
1: That's total that's totally fair. He's talked fair. about it
0: a little bit that it like so he said it really fucked him up for that's, years. That's totally
1: fair. And again, like I said, I I hope they're still married. I don't follow. They them are. On yeah. Instagram. I just looked it up. Oh, great. Um I I love that those two are together.
0: Yeah. You know? Ever since uh they got married right around the time that Scooby-Doo came out, which that's, they're also both in.
1: That's so. I mean, it's so cute. I love that. I yeah. love that for them.
0: Then, I mean, all of these actors acted in a bunch of stuff together because oh, obviously. Ryan Phillippe and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar were in Cool Intentions a couple years later. They're
1: literally called the 90s Brat Pack. Yeah. Like, you can probably add, like, Selma Blair in there. I don't know if I would add anyone else, honestly. Sarah Michelle Gellar ruled the late 90s. Yeah. Along with Selma Blair. Jennifer Love Hewitt, and then Freddie Prince Jr., for sure.
0: Yeah, Rachel Lee Cook, I would put in there. Yeah. Matthew Fox, maybe.
1: Yeah, it just can't get too big. You know, you've got to... We would have to I mean, literally... The Brat br- Pack
0: was like... The 80s Brat Pack was like seven or eight.
1: Well, yeah, but we can't... We uh, we would have to literally break it down and see like, who was in the most the That'd most movies and the most like popular ones too because you can't I want to do that. Yeah, you can't you can't really count, you know, like as much as we love B movies, we can't really yeah. count that. It has to be like mega blockbuster like hits like Scream and this one. Fair know? enough,
0: fair enough. I was just thinking like going back to the the male actors in this film. Yeah. And comparing it to Scream again, Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich are so much more compelling. Agreed. Again, I think it comes down to like the cowardice of this film, that no one really serves a performance.
1: Well yeah, and we were um we talked about this I think a couple episodes ago. It might have been a month ago and by now, that like no wonder actors are so completely insane because the choices that they end up making on on set can be it, it goes through so many filters and yet they're the ones that get all of the shit yeah. for the product. Like it could be the director, it could be the editing, it could it could be so many things because it could be that like one actor it was their worst take, but it was the only acceptable take of actor yes. B. Yes. You know? So like like, it it just, it kind of sucks. Like I said, like, no wonder so many actors are crazy <laughs> and wondering if they're any good.
0: Yeah, I totally <laughs> understand that. But I think for this, they intentionally went with pretty flat actors.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: Senator Sogeller is the only one who really serves a performance. Ryan Phillippe tries, but he just doesn't have the chops.
1: I think the writing also isn't there for um, Jennifer Love Hewitt.
0: Yeah, and for Freddie Prinze Jr. They're both just, vi- but it's just, just everything is flat. And that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying is like, from the writing to the directing to the shots to the acting, like everything about this movie is flat. Agreed. As flat as Feffy's hair.
1: Agreed. But like I said before, I will still watch it again. It's a call blast. It, it's a lot it of fun. Call it a guilty pleasure. Call it whatever you want. Yeah, I will still watch it again. I don't feel guilt
0: over it. And, I just think it's trash. Yeah. But and, I like a lot of trash. Right. I, I love, love hot dogs. Trash. You know? Well, veggie it. dogs.
1: Yeah. True. I do I do love a good trash
0: like a little raccoon
1: Oh yes I mean yeah to kind of wrap this up in a in a beautiful thesis bow is that if you're looking for something like psychologically you know really scary or gory don't come here but if you're looking for something that is just like a fun little romp that doesn't make complete sense but has you Zero know sense <laughs> yeah um, but has you know some some stellar nostalgia attached to it. Go for it It's yeah, really fun It's fun as hell Yeah It's really fun um, And if you're new to horror films I don't know Like if, if you really don't Like being scared But you want to watch one This is probably a good one To go to Yeah too. I'd say that's right Yeah you, It might not I'd, I would kind of be afraid Because it probably Wouldn't make people love horror Because it again Doesn't make <laughs> any sense It's
0: pretty bad Yeah But
1: I don't know It's fun I'm not gonna say Don't watch this movie But I'm just gonna let you Let you know What you're getting yourself into If you decide to Yeah that's basically it. You, that's yeah, that's right? everything I've okay. got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. All right, babes, you know exactly where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast, we're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod and horrorbabespod.com. You can always find us there. A huge shout out to Seth Haken for making that dope theme song that you hear at the beginning and the Straight end of fire. this. I get so episode. many texts
0: about his, his, uh, our theme song.
1: Woo, when that beat drops, he, he killed it. He killed it. Thank you so much, Seth. And babes, till next time. Bye, Bye, babes. Hey,
0: babe. Yeah, babe.